Welcome back, Alan Watt, and this is George Butler, your host for World Review Commentary. Welcome back, Melinda from North Carolina. Hi. Okay, what what was your additional question there um, for for Alan Watt? I just you know just to you know hear his comment on what suggestions or solutions that he thought you know that a a patriot or a concerned citizen could do in order to either throw this off or stop it or, you know, some sort of protection for our rights, our, our very mind, you know. And that's basically what I just I wanted to know from him. I think the problem, as I say, is they've had so many years of working on the previous generation that they have created what they said they'd set out to do, and that was an, an egotonic or egocentonic society, people who are divided, they don't live and help each other, they live uh, individually for themselves and what you need to, what you really need is people who will help each other out in really hard times the people really could bring the country to a stop quite easily if you ever had them working in concert but that will never happen in this day and age they could, they could bring down the gasoline prices today by saying no one's going to go to work for a week and you'd see them scuttle and move fast to, to, to drop those prices. But that will never happen. You can't get people to work uh, together, except for, again, the NGOs, which work against you. They are organized. They do work uh, in concert. But the general public will never do that. We see that even with, with strikes, where the scabs, as they say, will cross the lines to, to get the paycheck, and that destroys it for all the rest of them. It's the same technique that's been used against society. We're not cohesive enough. And so we are going to go through the worst of the changes one way or another. And the big boys have been no, no, no bones about this. They've said quite openly that they're ready to use massive force, all the force necessary to bring this agenda uh, right through. The Department of Defense in Britain, the think tank for the Department of Defense, which is also for NATO, and the U.S. is a member of NATO countries, they have the, the next 30, 40 years mapped out as to what's going to happen worldwide, including massive rioting back home over food, unemployment, and all the, all the things that are coming down right now. Uh, this, they, they don't publish these, these findings uh, from the top unless they mean it. So we are, we're in for very hard times. Um, I've always said the United States will be will have the, the, the rug pulled from under its feet as it finishes off its job of financing the global order. The United Na Nations is funded primarily from the United States. And so the U.S. is standardizing the world for this world culture. is to come in. They're destroying the last of Islam. That's their, their job. It is a, a war against Islam to eradicate that whole culture and take their property and the oil. And as they're doing it, they're bringing down the United States at the same time. Now, they'd already done this with Britain. See, Britain's already played its part in this. Uh, when Margaret Thatcher was in, the International Monetary Fund came in to manage the debt of Britain during that. And so they managed and they dictated what was to happen economically in Britain. That will happen in the United States as well. Okay, Melinda, did you have any other question there? No, I appreciate it, Alan. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Our lines are open. Uh, call us at area code 512-646-1984. 
area code 512-646-1984. That, that, that successive decades after decades has programmed our population to a deep level of what? Delusion? Definite delusion. We have bread and circuses like we've never had before. Uh, even families in the lower income brackets can have 400, 500 television stations. They live in a world where, where they can hardly tell fantasy from reality anymore. Um, their topics come from television, from, from fiction, from their dramas and their movies. They have no real thoughts of their own. And they have been trained, the public have been trained not to participate in your own, your own future. Uh, leave it to those specialists at the top. We've, been, we've had a generation trained to believe this. Do you think, when I hear people, I overhear people occasionally, and they talk about, say, the, some of the soap opera stars as being real people. Yes. I mean, they, they, it seems to that they, they, there's fiction there and there's make-believe and, and, you know, but it's fantasy world, but it's, it's become real for some people, it seems like. What, what they did, you see, uh, when Arthur Conan Doyle uh, wrote the Sherlock Holmes books, uh, people, they found that people were sending letters to the publisher of the books asking to talk to Sherlock Holmes. Okay. It's <laughs> his character. And, and so, Man. And, and they thought this... Yeah, so they thought this was an amazing phenomenon, and so the Tavistock Institute, which runs the World Culture Society, basically, that they, they were the, the, the best ones for behavioral psychology and using mass media, television, and movies, um, they took that idea, and, and they've basically elaborated on it and brought it up for, for the 21st century, and we're seeing that today. People truly can hardly tell fact from fiction, and Zygmunt Brzezinski said this in his own book, between two ages, it is shortly the public will be unable to think or reason for themselves. They will, they will look at the television as an extension of their own mind. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, they'll expect so, the media to do the reasoning for them. I got you. Okay, we've got Dave from Michigan. Dave, what's your question for Alan Watt? Uh, Alan, I, the previous questioner asked if there was anything to do to stop them. and I, Is your answer that there's nothing that you can do to stop them? I... You will not stop these people with the mandate because they mean business. Uh, they, we are under martial law worldwide, technically, and in reality. And they've said this, they're going to st- with st- they'll have no opposition whatsoever. So politics, I'll, I'll put it this way, politics is not going to stop this. Asking them to please stop is not going to work. Okay, uh, so... There is something you can do, or there's not something you can do? Uh, that will be up to the individual. And actually, it's up to the individual every day of their lives as, as to where they go along with being strip-searched or, or padded down or asked for ID or, or even giving their IDs to get in a store or to purchase things. It's up to them. You give away your rights by going along with every mandate. You do it willingly. It's done by contractual agreement. And you must agree to give your rights away. Yeah. As in contracting to give them away. You do that every day. Most most folks do it every single day of their lives, yeah. Okay. Um, if, if that's the case, then what do you make of the 1.6 million Ron Paul supporters who have taken a position or uh, with Bob Schultz? Uh, oh, I wish them all the best. I wish them all the best. However, I've watched this for years and I've studied it for years. And I've noticed they've always they always give you a popular a populist person for the time for the for, for each election, which does uh, keep that faction happy. 
uh, we've never seen them get in. Um, I, I, I wish the people the best of luck. But you've got to understand, too, to, to win in this system, you, you can't win in this system. You need another system. This system belongs to the elite who own the planet financially and every other way, economically. We're bound internationally already. We're already interdependent. The, the multi-millionaires in the United States, Britain, France, Spain, Germany, across the planet are all internationalists because they have investments in every single country on the planet. That's why you have geopolitical wars going on and they're all in agreement. They are not nationalists anymore. Remember the whole point of the League of Nations and the United Nations that came out of it, the Phoenix Bird, was to destroy uh, nationalism completely, to bring in an internationalist order. Uh, now, if you do, if by some miracle someone got in and somehow and was not killed and wasn't bought off and was genuine uh, and tried to steer the United States into protectionism, you would have the rest of the world uh, uh, coming at you as a rogue state. You'd be classified as a rogue nation. You'd break all your treaties and they'd come at you, and you'd also have civil war within the United States. And this has already been published. You know. yeah. If that's the case, then how does it differ today from, say, 1775? In 1775, they did not have uh, a United Nations, a NATO agreement, etc. They didn't have the, the complete financial bonding internationally as they do today. The, the banker, in, uh, even the small banker in America, has just as many investments abroad as the largest bank. They're all, they're all, they're all international by, by intent. They're not nationalists in any sense of the word at all. Uh, the United States is just a convenient place for them to live at the moment, but if they have to move to somewhere else on a sunny climb, they will. And, and that's the reality of the world we live in. They have create, they've, they've surpassed nationalism for, for the last hundred years. Dave, I've always exercised the idea or, or pursued the, uh, my own, you know, in my own view here, that we, we pursue liberty and truth and, and freedom for our own selves also, though. You know what I mean? I mean, it's our own path that just like Alan is getting on the show here on the program and outing a lot of these problems and trying to, to help people, right? So he's doing that not only to help people, but it's his own path on, on the path of truth, to tread the path of truth. So it's as much as trying to overcome our own inner conflicts, like Solzhenitsyn would say that the battle line between good and evil runs through the heart of all men, see? The real battle that is, I see is, is, is yeah. inside of, of each man. See I, what I mean? It is. It is. Yeah. I, I, George, uh, the way I'm looking at what Alan's saying is that is that he does seem to represent a fatalism about uh, the future of man that that is that is to be received by the hearers as either true or false, and. I'm still making that a determination if what he's saying is true or if it is a, is a change agent for the very thing that he is, says that he opposes. Um, but what, uh, what I do is, what I, here's what I suggest for you to do. You go into my talks and you read the books I suggest. They're put out by the big foundations that run the world. Then you make your mind up because, see, what I'm giving you is not my opinion. It's not my opinion. But I'm asked... If, if I'm asked honestly, what can you do? I tell you that you can't do things by traditional means. And it's true what George says. Everybody 
in some way or another, even if you think you're helpless, you're a player in this big game by, by acquiescing to the demands of those who are totalitarian. You do it every day. You can either say yes or no. And most folk, most folk that you know, will, have, will want their television made in China or they don't care where it's made. They'll want all the gadgets and toys, no matter where it's made. And so they have the dilemma. They want it all. And if you want it all and, and you don't want to suffer through a bad time as you rebuild an internal economy and do without, if you want it all, then you've got to be internationalist. And that's what most folk are, are already choosing. I, I agree. Most folks are on the wrong path, but I suppose that's true in every generation. Uh, the it is, 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 is a wreck, and it's been, you know, the, uh, and when President Bush the first was, uh, knighted for delivering 50 tons of gold to Brussels, Belgium, that belonged to the United States, that he came from the Soviet Union, uh, out of Kuwait, through the hands of Saddam, that was an evidence of his cooperating with England uh, because he was rewarded for that. And yeah, most, that is, most of your big players have been knighted. Kissinger was knighted, too. Pardon me? Kissinger was knighted, too. Greenspan was, was given a special... New York was knighted. Greenspan <laughs> got a special post in the uh, to, uh, Her Majesty's Treasury. <laughs> That's right. That's the whole point. Neither one of these people... Our friends, the United States, and the and the American public are yet to rise to to realize that. Now there are people who are rising to it, and and one way of you know you know to re, to require that a student of these subjects, of which I am also a student, is that you are, Alan, is is to study uh, what they've written and what they've said and the seriousness of their purpose and everything is only half the battle. The other is 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 there needs to be a study of the counter. Uh, 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 MacArthur was successful because he studied the enemy, but he, but he also had his sight to see a way of defeating uh, uh, in a method that was practical. Now, I'm not advanced enough to give you that method, but I but I do see some early rumblings of of the spirit of America returning. One of those evidences is in Sir Taylor. Another is in the Ron Paul supporters, and what and and what the future of those efforts will be is is not to be determined. However, I'm yeah, not. Well, yeah, David, I, uh, Dave, I spent uh, t- uh, twelve hours and nine hours at a table broadcasting the Ron Paul event from uh, uh, Minneapolis on the second of September. So I do. Uh, I do stand on certain things like that, so there is some hope. We've got to, but but what I'm trying to say earlier was that it's our own path that we must hold our own selves responsible for, and we must do things that we believe in that will help in some way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and, and Alan is right. Most people are not doing that because they're still not awake yet. But, but Alan, uh, uh, in in defense of Alan uh, on that earlier, you know, assertion that you made was that he has spent endless hours of research and writing in this area. Now he might be saying some things that are very harsh, but but they're realistic today that we may not want to hear, but we need to listen to see where we really are at times. You know. Here's the thing as well. You have to realize Listen, you've, had a hundred years, a hundred, you've had a hundred years. You've had a hundred years of treaties signed through organizations uh, from the League of Nations, United Nations, and so on. 
and you better study up all of those treaties that have been signed and enforced because you see that's become the law not only of the land but but the law of all of these organizations that are presently running us to get out of this you'd have to break every single treaty and literally turn in on yourselves and protect yourselves from scratch that would be a phenomenal effort to get people to be to agree to that and sacrifice okay dave uh, we're going to be leaving for uh, thank you very much for your calls and your and your comments okay thank you very much dave we'll be right back alan thank you yes great host great topics Free speech at its best. This is We the People Radio Network. Welcome back to World Review Commentary. I'm your host, George Butler. Welcome back, Alan Watt. It's a pleasure. Do you find in your in your own broadcasting on your own shows and everything that there is a frustration out there? Many people are frustrated. Do, do you find that to be true? There's no doubt they're frustrated, but again, there are all levels of understanding. People are still at the political level haven't looked at the big, big picture because they'd have to literally fight the world to, to get back to nationalism if that's what they want. They'd have to fight the entire planet, and they'd have to fight each other, because most folk inside the United States don't even think there's a real problem. <laughs> so they, they've really been uh, educated in these, these government schools, I guess, into going along, and, and then the mass media is so... Do, do you, but I see people waking up to this mass media and saying, hey, what are they doing? They're doing a job on us. Uh, that's you know, a good sign. That's a, the yeah, now, they're, they're not watching television as much as they used to either. And there's a, the alternative press like yourself and myself and alternative media. We do have some, uh, we have an audience out there. may not be the best, but. It's, that's the thing. We've got to remember we're, we're fighting. The biggest, I should say. I don't mean yeah. the best. I mean the biggest. We don't have the biggest audience. We have a good audience. I, I love every listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, again, too, we very realize this system has been in place for an awful long time, and it's not something you're going to change overnight. It's like a snowball that starts and takes a long time. The problem is, as I see it, isn't, isn't that we don't have the kind of time necessary to build the snowball up as you run it down the hill to get bigger and bigger, because these boys are racing ahead into genetic cloning and all this kind of stuff. They've talked about chipping the entire population of the planet. Um, and interfacing us with computers. This is all over mainstream press, and it's been hailed as a great thing. Um, and we don't have that kind of time. Uh, so the old way of building up momentum over a century or so, it, we don't even have the luxury of that. Is the Internet, will the Internet make a difference during this interim period? It, it would if it was left untouched. However, there's also an awful lot of, there's 99% just pure data out there. It doesn't really mean much. Within the 1% truth, there's an awful lot of fiction and counterintelligence as well, and New Age all mixed together, so it's very confusing. Yeah, this and new... they're, they're changing the system now to into the next Internet 3, and the, the UN's now bringing out a big body to police it and change it completely. You'll have to get a license to have a site shortly, a, a special license. Someone once said that the New Age, all you have to do is join to go down and buy a book at one of the New Age bookstores. 
Well, put a sure you do her by yeah. a candle and sit and meditate and uh, learn a few phrases and and then learn to channel and meet your power animal, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I read a news item earlier in Saudi Arabia. There, some of these uh, very uh, uh, strict clerics over there are are calling for the uh, for the killing or the execution of people that are reading horoscopes on Saudi Arabian uh, television. Yes, uh, there's no doubt about. It. You see, the new age. It's not really new as such. They call it the perennial religion. It's the one that crops up every so often when it's necessary by the elite to push it. It's a form of pantheism, but it all ties in with this uh, new religion that Gorbachev and others have talked about that will run the world, will all exist to serve the world state and Mother Earth. But we'll have these priests that will tell us what we must do to serve it and save it. And sterilization is part of it. Uh, too many people is part of it. Who should breed is all part of it. Who should not breed is part of it. This is all coming under this umbrella of the New Age tied in with saving the planet and, and uh, um, climate control. All of that, uh, this big con game that's been pulled off, is part of the New Age. I see. When when we're talking about uh, well new age uh, another word term that I've always used was cosmic humanism is is there yeah. something you know in the new age that that this mystical thing uh, thrives in, in, in within the new age this in other words these invented concocted imagined ideas is the abstraction uh, has it become so real to people versus uh, physical reality. A lot of people are so heavily into it. Uh, it's actually encouraged at school with truth at the start of visualization and meditation techniques. Um, women go into it heavily through yoga. That's how they get introduced into the New Age movement. And that was planned in Britain through Blavatsky when she was set out to bring in theosophy uh, to, to create this movement of blending Eastern religion in with the old religions and then bring us into a sort of scientific spiritual age. That's how she defined it. And that's exactly what they'll bring in, is science coupled with spiritualism, uh, where scientists will dictate the health of the planet, and we're all one big living organism, uh, and Gia is all that we serve. Gia is Mother Earth. Uh, this is all the New Age movement. It took a hundred-odd years to, to get this up to this stage, and that was a lot of planning and work and financing. The out of, uh, you know, the counterculture movement in the United States... Well, it came. It, it gave. It gave. Uh, it flowered some of those ideas. It seemed like to me, uh, the, like humanistic psychology on the West Coast there, and the the uh, you know all those people working out of the uh, Esalen Institute. Have you yeah. done any work on the Esalen Institute? Yes, these big institutes are getting heavily funded, um, partly to experiment with people in forms of uh, cultism. They use cult techniques to try and distort, alter perceptions of things uh, and to create a standardized, altered person who will parrot the same terminology uh, when they're faced with certain problems. They'll all parrot the same things. It's a form of mind control, absolutely. Uh, to, to have a person under, a world under mind control, you must start with the individual. And if you want to get a standardized mind control formula, they must all parrot the same terms. Well, you'll find in all religions, they have little buzzwords and catchwords that that will have you accepted into it. You're one of us. Christianity has it with AM and Hallelujah and so on. And uh, they have the same thing for the New Age. This was studied carefully, and the, the big boys realized they'd have to create a religion to bring in this new world order 
and make a, see in the new world order we're supposed to be servants to the world state to serve the world state is the key that's in all their charters and the new age is helping to push this uh, how lucky we are to be living here uh, and we must serve the world state that will be the new system and it's going to be a cashless society where the, wor- the governments of the world will issue credits instead of money into a bank account and the credits will be used as punishment and control you can't save them up you'll all be issued the same amount of credits except for the elite and um, if you go against the system you buck the system they will withhold credits and that will be a form of punishment Lord Bertrand Russell who helped set up that whole side of it and the educational system wrote about that in his own books Uh, one of them was called Roads to Freedom the other one was called um, Education and the Good Life and the other one was called The, the uh, Impact of Science on Society. It almost sounds like that movie Soylent Green, you know, where they're throwing out these little wafers to everybody, you know? Yeah, Soylent Green's uh, real um, title was called Make Room, Make Room, and it was to get the impression over that the planet would be overcrowded along the Malthusian edict and um, or concept. And, of course, that's never happened. It's all a big con game. They use graphs and charts and projections. They've, ne- they've never been right on any of them, but they still use them. Have You You know, Steve Quell on his site has a list of about, uh, I think it was 70-something uh, microbiologists that have died over the last four or five years. Is there? Do you have any uh, information on, on why that many microbiologists have died? All we do know is that uh, the first major one that started off was with the man Kelly in England, that when he was went up to testify in the High Court that Britain and Israel had created ethnic-specific viruses that could kill people. That was part of it. He was found uh, dead in a forest with both wrists slit, apparently. Um, he was the first one, and a whole bunch followed him. And it, it's, it's presumed that they were all working on killer viruses that will be let loose on the planet eventually. They knew too much, and possibly they were loose-lipped. So so some so, of these viruses have been tailor-made to kill off certain ethnic groups, is that right? In the Daily Mail in Britain back in uh, about 1990, uh, a, a reporter was taken into Porton Downs, military warfare uh, establishment. Oh, yeah, Porton Downs. Let's, let's pick that up when we after the break. We're going to go on a break right now. Thank you. News, politics, cover-ups, government corruption. You're listening to We the People Radio Network. WTPRN. Welcome back to World Review Commentary. I'm your host, George Butler. Welcome back, Alan White. It's a pleasure. What, what's this porting down? Now, I had a little information on that. What, what is your view of that or your information on and your understanding of porting down? Porting down is one of the British military establishments where they have laboratories for viral and bacterial and chemical warfare. And uh, back in the early 90s, the Daily Mail had a reporter who was allowed in to meet some of the scientists there. He went in at breakfast, and at breakfast they were talking quite casually about ethnic-specific viruses and how they could kill off whole populations of people who had specific genes, gene types. And these are tailor-made viruses. They were so 
so well um, advanced in this area that they could actually release viruses or bacterium that would sweep across the country, multiply X amount of times, and then kill themselves off. They could literally program, program them like nanotechnology, like robots. And that's how perfected these, these particular diseases are. And we know they're going to, by all the, the drumming up at the top there about bringing the population down uh, and the inevitability, they say, of the coming flu pandemic, we know they're going to release them eventually. And uh, I think that's probably the main method they're going to bring out in the near future. Every, I, I've forgotten how many scientists have brought out on television over the last 10 years saying it's just around the corner, it's inevitable. Well, when these guys are all in concert with it, it's like a must be. We know it's going to be let loose. Eventually. They're going to. They blame it on the avian flu or something that is is real, you know. But in the meantime, they could be releasing stuff like like they've manufactured in their biological labs, right? I've no doubt. When you go into just the medical associations and the health of the public in all countries, plummeting since the 1950s with inoculations. And the, and the advanced aging diseases we have that are hitting the young, we now have juvenile arthritis, um, and this is now common. And it's all after inoculations. Same with autism and all the rest of it. See, the war has been going on our entire lives. World War Three was a continuation of World War Two with, with the United Nations at the top that has a Department of Population Control at the United Nations. And I tell people, what do you think a Department of Population Control is all about? I ask them that. They don't sit and, and make wish lists and issue statements to the world saying there's too many of you. They actually make mandates and they implement them. You can't tell the people what you're doing to them. Uh, we wouldn't be too happy to realize we're being culled off quite, quite uh, quickly. Um, and we had meetings 30 years ago to do with bringing the world's population down at the United Nations. They said for the third world countries they could bring it down quickly, no one would care. And bingo, we saw Africa get, get hit with the HIV after the UN went through it giving them three smallpox vaccinations. And then we, we, we find it in the West. For the West, the plan was to take people down through crippling diseases, make them ineligible for good mating partners, and therefore uh, they, would not, they wouldn't breed. That was the intent for the West. We've seen that happen. I've seen it in my own lifetime. I don't need to go much further with it. These guys do as they, they say they will, will do, and, and we, have nothing, we have no input into this whatsoever. A few years ago at the, on the CBC television, that's like our BBC for Canada. It's run by the government. And a news uh, briefing, they flashed to, to two men at a map at the United Nations and a, a reporter asking them why they thought they had the right to do what they had just done. What it transpired to be was the United Nations had given out what they claimed were free uh, tetanus shots to millions of women in India and Africa. These were not tetanus shots. They were bioengineered warfare devices and they injected it into the women and it went right to their ovaries and sterilized all of them. And these two men were justifying the need to do this. And one of them said, well, who else will do this? I see. You know, you know, porting down uh, that microbiology lab, top secret lab in in uh, Britain, UK, yeah. 
they uh, they spun off a number of years ago some of their technology to to a quasi first it was the first step I think it was to a quasi public private organization, and then they did another step um, a phase that went and took that technology and transferred it into a to a totally private corporation called Kinetic, spelled with a Q at the at the beginning and a Q at the at the end. Have you run across Kinetic Corporation? Yes, there's a few of them actually. As the disguise that the fact that they are working for the military, they privatize some of them. And when you're privatized, you see you're not accountable to the general public. <laughs> this is the beauty of, of the way the system that they, they use. Um, so, so they have a lot of so-called pseudo-private corporations working for them on the same agendas that don't have to publish their findings and, and make them available to the public. You know, what what I found was that this kinetic company was controlled by uh, by some of the largest uh, investment funds in the world. You know, yes. And yes. so, and and I believe uh, there were some top people there in in the UK also that were involved in in investing in that. But I looked at the structure of the kinetic corporation, and it had security, defense, it had biological, chemical types of divisions in it, and it looked almost like a governmental organization, but with a lot of security and defense manufacturing and, and technology involved in it and a lot of electronics too I know some people who work for them and so I mean they're, 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 they put out themselves that they're out there to secure for security they're on the leading edge electronics and, and all these other things you know and, and also they've got a heavy uh, I think defense industry uh, sector of their business uh, that's right. And uh, you, another thing that we take for granted, too, we, we always are given, when something drastic happens in society, we're told that it's just a bungle, a bureaucratic mess, etc. That doesn't happen at the top. A few years ago, when Bill Clinton was in, he signed an agreement that they could take uh, the blood of prisoners from certain U.S. prisons, where they knew it was heavily in, in, infested with HIV and hepatitis. And... Um, and make it available to be sold on the blood market. And Canada imported a lot of this stuff through Connaught Laboratories. Connaught Laboratories, by the way, was set up in World War II as a main bacterial warfare or, uh, front organization. Canada led the field in bacterial and viral warfare. Well, they bought the blood and they gave it to the hemophiliacs in Canada and the blood products, and they all, the people all died off. It eliminated most of the hemophiliacs in Canada. They took 10 or 15 years to have their general inquiry waiting for them all dying off, and, and the last couple of survivors they actually give an award to. Uh, this is what they generally do. Well, they're bringing down what they call the useless eaters. That's part of the mandate that Bertrand Russell said. The useless eaters, those who are the parasites on society, they don't contribute to society, the weak, the elderly, etc. Uh, they're, they're taking them out through bio-warfare means, and it's always put, brought down to uh, just a big mistake. No one's ever charged for it. No one's put behind bars on it. When they interviewed the purchaser at Connaught Laboratories for Canada, the man was interviewed by a CBC reporter, and he said, well, it's business. That was his excuse. It's business. Really? Yeah. My, my gosh. That, that's yeah. something else, isn't it? Yes. I mean, and I mean. get away with it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that's just, well, they're, they're on the inside, aren't they? So, they are. so, yeah. so, so they're going to get a pass, a free pass, they call it, like in the CIA, where you go into, to go to jail, and they go down and you just you get you out, you know. That is right. So, um, when we're when we're talking uh, about, um, you know, 
the um, the near future, say say the rest of this year, what, what do you see anything happening between now and the end of the year? I mean, how do you see this election, uh, you know, working out? Is it is it Obama because he's a change agent and he's widely accepted, and and the Democrats are highly charged up to go into uh, to the office or what? It, it truly, honestly, it will make a, a bit of difference. Uh, Quigley was quite correct. He said that we always put our, our own boys in at the top of all parties and advisors for these people. I've never seen a UN mandate, the globalization mandate, falter and, and take a back step ever in my life, regardless of which party is chosen in any country. The mandate goes ahead as always. It doesn't really matter. So so what will happen is that the, the population, the American public, uh, God bless them. Are, are just are, are they're they're fighting on both sides. The Democrats hate the Republicans. The Republicans and all those liberal Democrats and they're too permissive. And so they're they're building up this great uh, election, right? This president and then then whoever wins will oh we've got it now, right? We're happy, right? Yeah. And then the public will be relieved for a while, and they'll they'll go back on their non-watch list, right? Yep. <laughs> on their That's on their right. pacified thing. Oh, we've got it now. And Obama or whoever wins, he, they're going to do things right, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change these things now. We got change occurring here. Even even McCain George. is saying change, right? Yeah, what I've never seen in my life is a president coming in or a prime minister in any country. And throwing out the last laws the previous party introduced, I've never seen it happen. I got you. We've got to cut out here for our last segment. We'll be right back. Thank you, Alan. Be right back. Thank you. Giving the power back to the people. You're listening to We The People Radio Network. Welcome back to World Review Commentary. I'm your host, George Butler. Welcome back, Alan Juan. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, um, we're, we've got this last uh, segment, and, and we're going to be finishing up here. Now, as far as, well, here's what I sort of see on the, uh, like we were talking a little bit before on the Democratic side of the politics here, uh, is that the war figures, in my opinion, prominently for the whole nation, uh, the Iraq war. And yeah. it looks like to me when when I was going to the caucuses on the on the Republican side, and it, I was representing a Ron Paul position, you know, we saw we might have had 25 in in the little uh, elementary school where I vote at, and there was like 250. There was 10 times the number of people on the Democratic side of the caucus than there was on the Republican side. I just think that the Democrats are highly charged up this year, this particular elect, uh, presidential election year, and I think that they're going to elect Obama. In there. It's, it's very possible uh, that he's been picked as, as the man, um, but as I say, it won't make any difference because both both sides have said that they'll continue this war in the Middle East. In fact, I think Obama said even take it even further. So we do know that, um, as I say, we've never seen a party come in and say, "Look, uh, we're changing things back the way they were and throwing out all the old laws." It doesn't happen. Uh, so they, they simply continue what's already on the agenda. And we know that the new American century, that the present bunch all belong to, the Bush and, and Cheney and Wolfowitz, etc., 
they talked about the necessity of taking over the Middle East, beginning with uh, uh, Afghanistan, then Iraq, then Iran, then Syria. They want to go into Syria as well. So th that you'll find that the Democrats will do exactly the same thing. I saw this when they were doing the signing for the, for the amalgamation of the Americas, beginning officially, openly, in 2005. And you had the, the president of the U.S., you had Martin of Canada and Fox signing the first agreement at Waco, Texas. The, the next signing was the next year. And then eventually um, the new prime minister came in in Canada, Mr. Martin, for the conservatives. So he was from the other party, and he signed the next part of the treaty. These guys are all on board regardless of the party they belong to. Oh, I got you. So, I mean, it, it, they, they get into these... Um I mean, where are we going to in this country, you know, um, the, the Ron Paul candidacy and, of course, the, the mainline media or the mainline press or however you want to describe them, I mean, they did a job on, on Ron Paul. Did you see the way that they were treating him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll do that when they, when they want to defame someone and ridicule them. And try ridiculing. That turns people off. Uh, and, and, again, too, see, most people want to vote with the main the main candidate that's put forward by the media, the one that they're backing, that's why you can always count on the public to go the way that uh, they're directed. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, uh -huh. the, um, the the way the way I see, uh, you know, we, we were at the uh, at the, like I said on, on September second, we had fifteen thousand people in the Target Center in downtown Minneapolis, mm -hmm. and so I mean there there are people that that still there's a, still a movement there's a, still a political movement for Ron Paul now, mm -hmm. and it hasn't totally evaporated and gone away. And they travel from all over the country. They had Ron Ron ba uh, bands Ron bands, <laughs> mm -hmm. and they got into these bands and they got in and collected their money together and drove in there to uh, Minneapolis, to that Target Center, and, of course, there were a series. What was the most surprising thing about this, I think the most successful thing, was a leadership summit that took place on um, on the uh, uh, Sunday before the, the Monday. It was the last day of uh, August. It would be August 31st, I assume, yeah. So yeah. on August 31st, there was a leadership summit there in the Minneapolis of St. Paul area. And I believe that uh, it was sold out, and it, and it went on for nine hours between 12 noon and 9 p.m. And, and everyone I talked to, we had a reporter out there that was reporting uh, on it, and he went in and, and uh, you know, and listened in and, and, uh, and saw what was going on. He said he thought it was a very, very, the very best portion or the very best event of the whole, whole uh, uh, Ron Paul events. Mm -hmm. So yeah. maybe we're going to be building some new leadership. I know the political thing is an uphill battle, but we have to do it for ourselves as much as we have to do it for the country. What you really need is someone to come out, and I mean, I really mean this, even though I don't see it happening. Okay. You'd, you'd have to bring in the, the complete Monroe Doctrine to get America back. You'd have to write off the debt and just 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 cancel it, tear it up, and uh, start all over, and be prepared to defend the country. Because, and you'd have to have the Navy and the military all on board with you, because that's what it would take. Because already these big, powerful organizations that have been running the country for a long time have woven this interdependent stuff through so many treaties. Uh, you'd have to tear all of them up, too, and risk what happens. And, of course, life is made up of risk. That's, that's what the survival mechanism is. Uh, most folk are not willing to take the risk, but um, at least there are, there are people still within the United States 
that are willing to go through hardship for, for those yet to come, the children to come. Well, Ron Paul was the only person that would be willing to take to make some major change. I don't know if he would have been able to do what, what you just said out there. But uh, he's the only person in a long time that really has, he attacked the, the Federal Reserve System, Federal Reserve Bank. Yes. See, uh, and the, now the, no the one the has done Reserve that. Is, huh? Mm -hmm. The Federal Reserve and everything that goes with it, but also you'd have to look at all the treaties that have been made, including the amalgamation of the Americas. People don't realize that our governments, all our governments, Mexico, Canada, the U.S., I think even parts of Chile at times, have signed agreements from the free trade negotiations in the 1980s onward for total amalgamation and the creation of a new government for the Americas to be based in Montreal. That's how far ahead all of this is. Do you think, though, uh, under my, my view on, the, on so many of these uh, trade agreements that our United States officials have signed, uh, is there not a, a premise of law or a, uh, you know, a precedent that says that if those trade, uh, if those agreements, you know, those treaties are in violation or in dread conflict with the Constitution, then they're not legal uh, uh, agreements? Is that, is that your understanding? As far as they're concerned at the top... Uh uh, these are binding. These are binding. Uh, they're backed by the United Nations because it's going to be the world government that oversees the three trading block areas, the Europe amalgamation, uh, the American amalgamation, and the Asia-Pacific Rim amalgamation, which is already underway. This was written as far back ago as, as 1840s by Karl Marx. That he said this was coming in. We're living through it happening. It's, it's not given much airtime on television, but they do show us the signing of the treaties every year in Canada on mainstream Canadian broadcasting corporation uh, television. And uh, they, have, they have a few more to go till 2010. Then we're completely interwoven. Well, I, yeah, I believe some of your, uh, your, your more conservative uh, elements in this country would hold that most of those, uh, those treaties signed by our officials, whoever they might be, are not constitutionally uh, acceptable to our, and they're in violation mm -hmm. of our constitution. I think that that's their stance. Yes, uh, again. Now, now they're operating though. If they accept them and they acquiesce to them and they start acting in a manner as if they are legal yeah. treaties, then then the force and effect of the treaty becomes reality after a while. And that's yes, what they've done. Law. Have they not done that? Yeah, common law is based on the acceptance over a period of time of something that then becomes de facto law, and we acquiesce by our silence. But but still, that does not remove the fact that they were in, perhaps they were in violation of the Constitution, the generic law of the land to start with. It, it doesn't bother them in the slightest. Well, that, fact, that's what said, I'm saying. These guys are legal, yeah. legal, you know, legal beavers. They'll, 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 they'll rest their case on small little yeah. technicalities of, of legalism, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. but the Pharisees were legalistic too, weren't they? <laughs> oh, absolutely, huh? absolutely. Yeah, they're completely uh, uh, legalistic. Yeah. So, are, are we are we getting some Pharisees in there? I mean, this Pharisaean thing. I mean, is it just to destroy, to destroy this country? This country had had uh, had a dream of taking uh, our system to the world, but it doesn't look like it's going to make it. Do you think? It depends how you view it. There's two ways to see how it would bring the system to the world. It certainly has financed the system. It took over from Britain in an official ceremony in the days of H.G. Wells to do this very, very thing, to bring in this world system. And the public have been kept in complete ignorance of it.
Yeah. So, so the public is 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 biting on the Simpsons and or, or some other. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. You know yeah. what occurred to me today is that what we ought to do is have them start reporting the news. Well, there you go. That it would be cheaper, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, Alan, just have the Simpsons? It would, it would be cheaper. Yeah, have them on the, on the CBS, ABC, or whatever, the big giant news. They'd save all of those, paying all those reporters. You what they brought Donald Duck on and gave yeah. us some humor. Yeah, and quack, quack, hey, the, late, the latest, uh, you know, polls in, uh, in the presidential race, quack, quack, right? That's right. That would do very, very well, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's gotten so ridiculous. Now, I was in a in a park there at Rice Park outside the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, and I was sitting and talking to people. And I, you know, those there's the public out there is more aware than, than sometimes we might think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're certainly catching on, but we have to really move fast and stop a, a further agreements. So, what, yeah, what you're saying, this thing is moving so fast that. We're, we're towards the end of their their plan, so we've got we've got to yeah we wake up at the end. Yeah. Well, you know, you've done a heck of a good service uh, to to try to help people awake awaken, so to speak, and that's what what I've been trying to do also. But we're not always we can't always reach everyone, but we can we can, we, we can yeah. work on and do what we need to do, right? We we must we have no choice. We we have no choice, but it's as much. The point I was making is as much for ourselves as the world. Alan, Watt, thank you for your work and your and your fine interview uh, over these two hours, and I appreciate your your work and your dedication to truth. That's been a pleasure, George. Okay, thank you, Alan. Bye bye. Good night. Bye now.